fur is just a pine. It's soft and thin. The branches bow under the slightest weight. Now a spruce, that's a noble tree. You gotta know the difference between a pine and a spruce, Rick. It's our family name for Pete's sake. What do you think they're gonna do? String us up with some tinsel? Welcome to Avant Bard, a podcast where two theater nerds explore the highest highs and the lowest lows of works inspired by that upstart crow himself. Ho, 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 William Shakespeare. My name is Megan Charlo, and I use she, her pronouns. My name is Matthew James Marquez. I use he, him pronouns, and I was surprised that that fit in the meter of Merry Christmas, even though I know that both of them have an appropriate amount of syllables to fit them in. Today we are taking a look at the 2017 TV movie, The Spruces and the Pines, which we discovered by its working title, A Star-Crossed Christmas. If you thought that our episode in October on A Midsummer's Nightmare, if you thought that movie had no cultural footprint, you would be right. But this one has less of a cultural <laughs> footprint, because this movie doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. <gasps> It's got an IMDb, but so does Midsummer Nightmare. So do Roblox videos on YouTube. The Spruces and the Pines was written by the team of Bonnie Hallman, Marcy Holland, and Lynn Woodward. If you got three writers, you know the quality is very high. <laughs> the more writers you add... I was going to say, isn't that pretty common for uh, bad movies? holiday romances? Well, yeah, because they're all bad. But Megan, the more writers you add, the movie's gotta be better, right? Because you got more writers. The Spruces and the Pines was directed by John Stimson, who I would just like to state wrote a dark comedy about the Macbeth curse called Ghostlight, which we have to watch. For the first time, we're gonna cover a director's filmography twice of someone who isn't famous. Hell yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Anyway, The Spruces and the Pines is a film with elements of William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, barely, okay, almost not okay. at all. Okay, I want to I wanna save myself here. Okay. So when you look it up, it says a Romeo and Juliet romance, and my brain read that as a Romeo and Juliet retelling, but they just said romance, which just means they're from families that don't like each other. The end. Oh. Yeah, so this is not an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. I think, though, no. we'll find a few things that might work. So this is, in fact, just your classic Hallmark Lifetime Christmas movie where some sort of conflict is keeping two cute adults from kissing. Maybe there's a supernatural element. Maybe there's not, but you never know when you go into it. This week, there's also no acting corner. Yay! I don't mean to insult actors who are just trying to make scratch in Hollywood, but no one on this film did anything of huge note besides, you know, other Christmas movies like this. So, Romeo and Juliet. As we've discussed many, many times on this podcast, and we'll discuss many times more, 
is about two lovers from feuding families who fall in love and their families are like, no, but they know that. So they don't even bring it up to their families. They're just like, this can't happen. And then to be able to be together, they decide, well, Juliet decides so that she won't get married to fake her death and then doesn't have a chance to tell Romeo, really. And then Romeo finds out that she's dead and then he goes to the tomb and takes poison and kills himself. And then she wakes up and he's dead and she kills herself. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. So let's begin this film. Nope. No? I have an update, Megan. Okay. The audience needs to know, Megan. Yeah. That there is a film called Much Ado About Christmas, which I found while researching this film. And by researching this film, I mean there was no research on this film. And I was just messing around on the internet. And I found that this movie exists. Much Ado About Christmas came out this year. We need to watch it next year. We're going to. I'm, I am locking us in. Yeah. Because that was kind of your idea that you wanted at last year's year in review. And they stole your idea. They, they listened. listened. And they stole <sighs> it. I mean, thanks. You better have done it good. Well, you probably should want payment, Megan. Oh, give me money at <laughs> patreon.com slash Got it, got it. <laughs> With that out of the way. Roll the film, but make it jingle bells or sleigh bells instead of the film roll, Megan. We open on trees. Get it? It's a tree film. This film's about trees. A girl is in a cab going to a tree farm, but no, 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 not this tree farm. It's the next one. And I think that this moment where she's like, no, cab driver. It's the next farm. Is as close as we're going to get to the opening bit of Romeo and Juliet with the do you bite your thumb at me, sir? She's like, do you try to drop me off at this farm, sir? Also, the Uber driver does not give a shit about your, like, it's a long story. Yeah, he's just like, oh, that's weird that there's two. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. He's just like, all right, bye. Another thing I need to say is that you can barely read the title card, the spruces and the pines. Bad. Two, this movie should have remained called A Star-Crossed Christmas because... It's a better name. The Spruces and the Pines does not tell you what that this film like is about. That sounds like an old folks home. Doesn't tell you what the movie's about. Actually, it does. It's about the Spruces and the Pines. They're two families. Though I will <laughs> say that the Pines barn, when we were first shown it, says like farms, Farster's Farm or something like that. It doesn't say Pine. But I think that was just a mistake they never fixed. So her name is Julie. Julie Pine. The Spruces, they've got this elf twirling a sign for trees outside like a used car lot. How dumb. How cheap. The Spruces suck. We hate the Spruces. And she's greeted by Bear. You know, Bear. You know, From- Tib Bear. <laughs> Tibbolt exit pursued by Tibbolt stabbing you, Mercutio. Uh, he's Tibbolt. I'm gonna say. Okay. They play pranks on the Spruces. He specifically does. So instead of, you know, causing fights, he just does pranks. He's Tibble. Also, we do meet Mr. Pine, who's giving friendly advice about Christmas trees to this couple. And I just got to say, he recommends putting aspirin in the water for the tree. And that is an old wives tale. If you go to the Tree Association website, they tell you that that does not work. That's just a myth. We find out that he didn't decorate the Christmas tree without Julie because he was like, oh, I was just going to get angry about untangling those tree lights I put away nice, you know, 
like a man who would continue on a generational feud. Angry. Uh, and it turns out her mom's dead, which happens in some productions when you don't have enough cast members. <laughs> <laughs> and the register's broken, but he won't fix it because he holds on to things that should have been given up a long time ago, like an old feud. Did the Spruces kill the mom? Because that would be like, if she died in an accident, that the Spruces... That would Megan, be pretty great. I, I've seen the movie, yeah. Megan. I watched the movie. I know this is not true. Just for the listener's sake, I want you to think about what could have possibly caused a feud between two old men who each own a Christmas tree farm and the mom's dad. So my brain went, oh, well, the mom being dead obviously is part of the feud, but it's not. I mean, it is, but it's really not. So we find out that there's only 12 days till Christmas and there's a countdown now beginning just like... Thursday next is when Juliet is to be wed to Paris. Yeah. Although we're told that in like fucking act four of Romeo and Juliet, because at the beginning it's like two whole months. But you know, still, there's a countdown. And she's like, well, while I'm in town, dad, let me help out on the farm. And he's like, no, 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 it's your vacation. She's like, we don't vacation until after Christmas. And he's like, all right, fine. And I think that's like at the beginning when Capulet's just like, you're too young to marry. Okay, but actually I'm still going to have a guy woo you. I don't think so, Megan. So she's going to do a delivery with Bear. Just like Tybalt and Juliet don't interact in <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. So they go to this pastry shop and that's, her name's Martha. That's run by Martha. First. Actually, it's a coffee shop. Megan? But it was kind of confusing. Megan, this so-called coffee shop, they say it's the only coffee shop in town. It gives coffee, pastry orders. It is a full breakfast cafe with a pastry section. Yeah, this is a restaurant. It's not a coffee shop, but it's just called like coffee shop. It's a restaurant. Yes, it's Any, a breakfast place. Anything that you can get a full meal, not just like a sandwich. Like, yeah. we later see one of the people eating pancakes. Yeah. It's a breakfast restaurant. So Martha's like, here's all your treats. And Julie's like, that's great. And then she gives Julie a cookie and is like, also, can you guys deliver this to Spruce Farm? And Julie almost chokes on her cookie. She's like, whoa. And Martha's just like, please, it's just two boxes. Come on, it's not going to start World War Three. And that's when we know that Martha is the prince because she doesn't agree with this feud. Yeah. And also the nurse because she's like, you know, seek happy nights to happy days, girl. Take cookies. She's also Friar Lawrence because later she's like, let's get these kids together. But you don't know that yet. We, secrets. I have been leading this conversation <laughs> a lot. I feel like I should well, like it. It's... Full disclosure, I do not like this film. So do you want me to just take the lead and you can just kind of say things when you want to? So Julie loses rock, paper, scissors. Sorry, I'm going to correct you there. Julie and Tybalt, Juliet and Tybalt have a duel over who has to interact with the Montagues, Montagues. which does not happen in Romeo and Juliet, but I'm going to say it's a duel so that it sounds more like it does. I have a statement. Yeah. They go into the spruces. Because, sorry, she loses and Bear still goes with her. Way nicer than Tybalt is ever shown to be. We go into the spruces barn. It looks a lot nicer than the other farm. And I'm just like, maybe I'm on the side of the spruces. But then we learn that Mr. Spruce loves to gouge people out of money. And he's actively doing it. In which I'm like... Oh, so one of the families is worse. Bad. (laughs) 
Mr. Spruce is just an asshole. We've got a nice old man who's grieving his dead wife and horrible capitalist old man. That's not usually how Romeo and Juliet goes. Honestly, if anyone, Montague is usually nicer than Capulet. Because Capulet's like, I'm going to sell my daughter to a man. And Montague's just like, son, why are you sad? Also, because Megan didn't notice it, and it obviously isn't in her notes because of it, Bear and the cashier lady share a little bit of a look and a um, nod you say that and i said in the middle of a sentence stopped and said oh ho 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 who's this chick who smiled awkwardly at bear okay it is in my notes also i just want to say mr spruce is acting a lot like tybalt at the party scene when he's like that's romeo but it's switched you know where he's like those are pines i'm gonna kick their asses and he makes them leave and Bear stole a brownie from the box because he's Tybalt. And then there's this guy outside failing at tying a tree. Megan, and, what? did you think when we started this podcast, you would say the <laughs> sentence, Bear stole a brownie from the box because he's Tybalt? No. Okay. He just I would have thought it much more if we were doing an animated feature that included an actual bear. Yeah, obviously. Or children. So there's this guy failing at tying a tree and he is the most cookie cutter just like oh what he's a cute man he's hallmark cute yes and he's terrible at tying this tree to this car and julie's like oh my god i gotta help this poor idiot and we all know that obviously that's gonna be romeo and it's just like i'm rick i'm julie yada 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 and so they tie a tree together to the top of a car so that is their sonnet yeah no that's the only what else could be their sonnet they complete it together they complete a task together of tying a tree to a car. Megan, Juliet doesn't go, hey, Romeo, here's the lines to your sonnet. Can you just say these to me? She leads it. No, 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 Megan. We cannot. In this movie, Julia's doing all of the work. Rick's got no He's just game. standing there looking pretty like a female in a Shakespeare play. Yes. Anyway, so we find out, obviously, of course, he's the owner of Spruce Farm's nephew. Yeah, Mr. Spruce's nephew, Rick. Julie goes home after that, and Mr. Pine's like, I got a letter for you, Romeo, from Mr. Spruce Tybalt asking for a duel. Hmm? Okay, so here's what happens. He's just like, I got a message from Mr. Spruce saying that you were trespassing on his property. And the only thing in Romeo and Juliet that's similar to his Tybalt is like, hey, Romeo, I'm going to kick your ass. And he sends that, meet me behind the shed. It astounds me how you're still trying. And then he's just like, you have to stay away from the spruces because we're going to keep being told that because it's obvious. So the next scene, we have Martha's Cafe and Rick is there because he's been waiting for Julie to show up, to which I respond, run, girl. I was like, oh, he's there too. He's going to buy her a coffee. That's cute. And then Martha's just like, he's been here for hours in case you came in. And I was like, <laughs> no. Run, no, run. It's not cute. Then he's just like, would you go out with me? And she's like, oh, so we're not by the moon. No, maybe. And then she stuffs a donut in his mouth. Well, it's because, Megan, he pays for her stuff, but she wants to be independent. And so in retaliation for him paying for her stuff, she pays for a donut and stuffs it in his mouth as an F.U. to him. But, oh, Megan, oh, yeah. if somebody offered to buy my coffee and a donut, I would just say yes. And if they had any romantic intentions, I would shut them down. But still, hey, 
free donut and coffee. Yeah, like just because he bought you a donut and coffee doesn't mean you have to go on a date with him. But here's my thing. I feel like that's much more of a Beatrice move than the Juliet move. But let's be honest, Juliet is a very ho-hum, this is my life, I love this boy, whoops, time to pretend to die, whoops, time to really die person. But she doesn't, like, fight for herself, really. She does it in a, like, secret way. And that's a very, like, upfront way. You know? So Julie doesn't say no to getting to know Rick. No, she's just like, well, maybe sometime. Who knows? Well, there's only one coffee shop in town. And that's where we learn that they call it a coffee shop, which is a lie. So we cut back to Spruce Farm. And Dave Spruce is like, Rick, you're a fool. You sold these people a pine tree, essentially. You should sell them a spruce. You got to know the difference between pines and spruces. And one, if you don't like pines that much, why are you selling them? All right, so the girl at the spruces shop is named Holly. Get it? Like Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then she's just like, oh my God, you don't know why your uncle's mad? He had a run-in with a pine. Write this down in your book. Stay away from pines. And then he writes pins, and then they did not reshoot it. Yeah, it's in a flub on IMDb. and Megan I saw it in person. <laughs> in real life. In real life. I didn't need IMDb to tell me. I said, wait, did that say pins go back? And then I said, no, don't go back. I don't give a shit. But then we found it. So Megan's right. But she's just like, yada, 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 ancient family feud, sworn enemies, blah, blah. Back at the Pines house, it's much sadder time. They're going through ornaments and talking about a dead mother. Yeah, so the dead mom star is missing. It's her treetopper. She's had it since she was a little girl, and it's just missing. We also learned the story of how the Pines got married, and it is inconsequential. Yep. Oh, yeah, it was a blizzard. I don't know. Back uh, to the coffee shop, because there's only three locations for this entire film. So we're outside the coffee shop, and there's a Salvation Army guy... And Clear as day. Rick is just like, ah, yes, I love to give all of my money to the Salvation Army. Don't give your money to the Salvation and Army. And then he stops a man on the street like, oh, you're so tough, punk. You're not going to give money to this horrible corporation. That's a farce of a charity. So I don't like Rick instantly. We cut to them talking. And Julie asks Rick how his tree is. And Rick's just like, that's not my tree. I'm working on that farm. Mr. Spruce is my uncle. And then there's a really dumb music cue that's like, oh, no. And she starts walking away. We also find out in this part that, like, his dad's a used car salesman in Texas. And he's also just like, yeah, a lot of people think I'm just like him. And I'm like, you say that with pride. I don't know anyone who's like, man, used car salesman. (laughs) They're the salt of the the earth. (laughs) So anyway, she's like, this won't work. And Rick's just like, what? I'm so confused. You're giving me whiplash, girl. Julie Pine. And he's just like, why does it matter? And she's like, it's personal. But we're not going to tell the viewers why yet. So Rick is selling trees and he sees a dad with his kid. And he just goes like, I don't want to be selling trees. I want to be a dad. I literally wrote, wait, so is this because Rick misses his dad? Is it because he wants kids? Or they're trying to tell us he has a fatherly quality to him? Because none of this tracks. No. Also, the uh, spruces and the pines are lowering their tree prices by $1 in competition with each other. 
And it's like, guys, if you guys are both making okay scratch and none of you is in financial trouble, then no. just price them what you think that they're worth. Yeah. And then it's time for a prank war. Oh, I'm so excited, Megan. So Rick finds a gift. And what is it? It's batteries with a note saying gift not included. You know, like a present that normally says batteries not included. <laughs> that's, that, that's a thumbs down for me, Megan. What's the other prank? The other prank that Julie finds is a stocking <laughs> filled with coal. Yeah, that's a thumbs down for me again, Megan. You are the worst prankster in the world. So she goes to the spruces and she's inside the spruce barn and they're both like, well, I didn't do it. And she's just like, this place would be death if my father or your kinsman told my father that I was here or perched these walls. Basically, she says. My dad would kill me if he knew I was in this barn. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like the balcony scene. Uh, Rick knows motors. And she's just like, do what you know. And he's like, why are they fight? And she's just like, do what you know. I have Goodbye. no idea why they're fighting. <laughs> and then we find out Josh and Holly are the pranksters. <laughs> and then Rick and Julie are going to get in on the action. And how do they do it, Megan? What's the next prank? Julie doesn't get to do a follow-up prank, just so you know. Oh. It's just Rick wants to get in on the action. I guess they silly string the sign. But Julie's not there. That, yeah. So I don't know. Did Julie want to get in? No, I think she just like was just like yeah. we're gonna get no because she's just like we're gonna get you we're better pranksters and then she didn't do any pranking yeah okay I'll bark and I'll bite that one so yeah so there's new pranks and uh so Bear puts silly string on the sign of Spruce Farm oh gosh and then Holly and Rick oh they put oh an upside down Christmas tree. <laughs> inside and then julie kills a man in cold blood uh no no julie says rick come to the barn and then he walks in and then she goes boo and he goes ah and she goes take down this tree now with me before my dad sees it he's at a chamber of commerce meeting with the prince he will have a heart attack if he sees an upside down tree you don't know rick my, my the, mother's dead. My mother was found Killed uh, by an upside down upside. Christmas tree. I was going to say she was found hung upside down. That's way darker than killed by an upside down Christmas <laughs> yeah, tree. I mean, I went dark. So basically we have this whole bit where it's just like, I like tradition. And he's like, I like the future. This does not matter. Megan, this does not matter. This is not a theme. And they talk and then they go to the gazebo. And he's like, you like tradition. I'm going to kiss you. That's mistletoe. And then she's like, that's Holly, you dumb piece of shit. At this point, there's been no party, no Mercutio. Nothing. Rick has no friends. Rick has no friends. Holly doesn't count. This is boring and it sucks. And I don't like this movie. <laughs> so he's like, I'm going to make a note about mistletoe versus Holly. And then she takes the notebook and she turns the stay away from the pines page and is like, well, what about this? And then he rips it out and he's like, I'll be new baptized and then I won't be Romeo Montague. I also says pines on it the second time. It does. Time. They fixed it. And so Julia and her dad are at the coffee shop having breakfast because as we said, it's not actually just a coffee shop. And then, uh oh, Rick and his uncle walk in 
And then... They have an old man fight. And by that, they just, like, stand up and start raising their voices a bit. And Martha's like, I will not have your feud in here. Your tree-saving water's a scam, and you know it. Then how come Julie keeps coming on my property? You should be a good father and keep her in line. And then Martha's like, I'm sick of this fight. I'm the prince. Please, people. And then Julie and her dad leave, and then she looks at Rick as she leaves, just like, I told you it would never work. And then we learn part of the backstory of why there's a feud. 30 years ago, there was a fire that started on the spruces side of the farm and spread over to the pine side of the farm, and they lost a crop of seven years. And then Rick's just like, uh, so how do you think my uncle tells that story? Julia's like, oh. I never thought that both people were harmed by a fire. (laughs) Also, like, there's no proof of who started the fire and if it was negligent. Megan, as we all know, fire only burns the people it's set against. And then Bear is driving up and he sees them and he's like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm going to duel that guy. But then Rick's friends suddenly show up and they're still fighting and Rick's like, no, please stop. And then Bear stabs Rick's friend and then Rick's like, no, and he stabs Bear. And then he's banished. Megan? Yeah. You've stated on this podcast before that you don't do bits. This is vastly close to bit territory. This is a bit we all always do, is putting in deaths when they would have been in the play and they're not no, here. No, 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 Megan. What? What? That is correct. But the bit that I'm talking about is you've continually tried to connect this to Romeo and Juliet. I'm just saying there might be no argument. There is not, Megan. Megan, please. This film has nothing to do with Romeo and Juliet besides the fact that two families dislike each other slightly. And what? Their kids are named Julie and something that starts with an R. Okay, so they kiss. And just like Romeo and Juliet, they're just like, we don't want to tiptoe around this. Obviously, we're going to sneak away, get married in secret, hide it from our families, and then both tragically die. But no, actually, they're just like, no, we don't want to hide this. And then they hide it. I mean, they don't, it just doesn't come up really as like, it seems like they're hiding it. So I don't know why they bothered to be like, I don't want to hide this. So Holly goes to talk to Rick and he's working on a tractor. And I need to say, Megan, Rick has never looked more attractive. Well, correct. That's why they put the scene in, because they were like, oh, God, we got to make him, like, hot, attractive. He's hot in this scene, because he's got good arms. Well, he's got fine arms, but he looks good. And he's like, I want there to be magical hayrides for people to get to the trees for money. And he's just like, there's got to be something more, Holly, than the fire that's keeping these people apart. And Holly's just like, there are pranks, but I don't know. But... You know, and then he's just like, well, what? So like, they can never get along? And she's like, well, maybe not never. One time, maybe before it wasn't never. They were friends, maybe. Similarly, back in Pineland, Julie's just like, Bear, how come Mr. Spruce sucks even more this year? And Bear's just like, why do you care? And that's really the end of their conversation. So anyway, Rick fixed the tractor. And Uncle Dave's just like, man, you're like a son to me, doing a great job. You're going to own this farm. And you know, the nicest thing you could ever say to an adult, Rick's just like, yeah, how come you never actually got a person to love you and actually had children of your own? Like, you don't ask a person that. I will state, we have learned now 
that there are four people involved in this feud. The two dads, Rick, he doesn't want to do this because he thinks it's ridiculous. Uh, and Julie, who um, is just kind of following her dad. It's literally two men. Two men. Who and are then just mad at each four other. Four people on the side being like, That's why this sucks, Megan. That's why it's bad. Yes. But Dave does tell us this feud will not die until one of us is dead. Anyway, we got an order for the Boys and Girls Club of America. And Rick's like, I'm a good old boy. How about instead of discounting them, we donate it and then we can write it off on our taxes. And yeah, Dave's like, wow, that's smart. And then Holly and Bear are making out in the hay. And we, yeah, that's when we find out they aren't part of the feud. They're not spruces or pines. They're just like, man, wouldn't it suck to be them? And then Holly's like, wait a second, what do you mean them? And Bear's like, don't you know, Julie and Rick are totally wanting to bone. And he's just like, they're just like Romeo and Juliet. And they're both like, that's great. We should help them. Let's end this feud. But first, more importantly, let's take our clothes off. They don't actually do that. But, you know, we find out that there's a photo thing. There's a bunch of photos and it showed proof that Dave and James, James is Mr. Pines' name. Uh, used to be friends, and it was Dave and James and Martha and Mrs. Pine, who doesn't have a first name. The next day, Bear's like, time for mission, end the feud by letting these two bone. And Rick and Julie are hanging out, and Mr. Pine's like, where's Julie? And Bear's like, uh, I don't know, she's in town. I'm lying for her now. So she gives him a scarf, and then they kiss, and I'm just like, whatever. She's like, look at this evidence. They're like, we gotta bring it to Martha. And... They go to Martha, and Martha's like, I'll make cocoa. This is a long story. Generations of No, 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 Megan, Megan, here it is, here it is. Okay, so uh, Mr. Spruce and Mr. Pine both liked the mom. Whoa, you skipped a whole bunch. Generations of the family were friends for years and generations. No, they were friends, and then uh, love came between them. And then we find out, even more importantly than any of this stupid feud, Martha had a crush on Mr. Spruce. And he just doesn't notice her at all because he liked Mrs. Pine with no first name too much. Get over it, my dude. I'm just like, girl, he sucks now. Like, maybe he was cool at the beginning when everyone was friends. But like, now? He sucks. Why would you like him? You deserve better. Also, he should have gone to see a therapist or something. Because if you can't... He's an old man. He's not going to do that. He could have seen a therapist 30 years ago. What's he going to do? See a tree therapist? I'm saying because he's wooden. And so the reason that this past year has been far worse is because Mrs. Pine, with no first name, was dead. And when she was alive, she was a peacemaker between them. And then Martha's just like, that feud will never end. You'd need a miracle. Wait a second. It's Christmas. There's plenty of those to go around, to which I respond, oh, yeah, it's Christmas. Oh, yeah, apparently. Okay. And then Rick's like, yeah, Julie, let's confront my dad together. And she's like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, yeah, we're doing that. Oh, no. It doesn't work because Mr. Spruce catches Julie and goes, get out of here. And Rick goes, but I love her. And also here are pictures with proof that you used to be friends. And Mr. Spruce goes, I don't care. He says, you can either see her or have the farm, not both. Which, I mean, I guess it's closest to being like, ah, you'll be banished. No, it's not. But it would be like, you're banished, but you get to have Juliet. Like, Romeo just loses everything. And Rick, it's just like, oh, you get one of the two things you want. And then no one brings up to him like, hey, we know the reason for the feud. They leave. 
Because they're just like, well, we lost, I guess. And Rick's like, it's fine, I'll give up the farm. I'd rather be put to death if you would have it so. You know, like Romeo would say to Juliet. But she's just like, haha, don't. Like, I don't really know you. One of the first adaptations of Romeo and Juliet. Where someone, Romeo and Juliet, be like, we don't know each other that long. And then he's like, no, I love you. And I don't want this to end. And she's just like, I love him. And I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I was wrong, I guess. And then they get caught by Mr. Pine. And he's like, I can't believe you do this to me. It's like Lady Capulet being like, fuck that Romeo guy straight to hell. If you don't hate unconditionally, it's one of our family's traditions that you it's have to hate. It's their motto. You have to hate unconditionally. Capulet, we hate unconditionally. <laughs> And then Julie's like, I didn't do anything to you. And Rick's just like, hey, whatever hatred my uncle has, I don't. I'm not part of it. And he's like, shut up, white boy. I don't care. We're all white. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> this Megan, is an incredible, this is the most white film we've watched in a long time. Megan, it is also because out of all of them, Rick is incredibly white. He really is. But he's just like, I thought I raised a daughter who understood our family's values. And he points to the motto that says, hate unconditionally. Julie's like, we should break up. Yeah. And then we get a sad, slow Christmas montage where it's like, oh, Christmas, sad Christmas. Sad? Except the lyrics aren't sad. It's just a It's sl- a Christmas song, but it's just slow. It's just a slow tempo Christmas song. They're just like, distant light. Christmas is almost here. So Julie's like, hey, dad, we broke up. I hope you're happy. And he's just like, you betrayed our family. And she's just like, this isn't what mom would have wanted. And you know it. And he's like, oh, my God, what have I done? But he doesn't say that because he's an old white man. And so Julie goes to the room and she's like, finally, I can go through mom's things because a plot point we skipped because it didn't seem to freaking matter is that she's walked into her mom's room two other times and been like, no, I just can't. But this time she's already sad. So she's like, yeah, I'll go through my dead mom stuff. And oh, look, it's the tree chopper just in a box right where she was sitting. God forbid. You check you the check- boxes? Because he was so upset that it wasn't in the Christmas ornament boxes. And it's like, where would it fit? It's a tree topper. It's huge. Just check the boxes. There's like three. You can't say, oh, we looked everywhere. You looked in one box. Also, there's letters to her and her dad and Mr. Spruce from her mom. Apparently, Mr. Pine thought it would be good to just put those in a box. But then when you read the letters, they were only meant to be opened this Christmas. But they don't say on the front, don't open until Christmas. Right. Megan, it would have been a far better plot point if it was like, actual letters that she wrote for them that said like don't open until christmas and she died before christmas and the dad couldn't bring himself to open them that christmas because she had just died yeah that would have been a much cleaner she died after christmas i know i'm saying it'll be better if she didn't but then it wouldn't be their first christmas without her that's the whole point no, 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 it's not. Right? It's the whole point. Anyway, so the mom's ghost through these letters is actually Friar Lawrence. If Friar Lawrence teamed up with the prince to patch up the feud. Sure. Instead of I give up. trying to give, I give up. tonics to small children to make them <laughs> escape their families and elope. I can just do what you want. So Julie's like, Bear, I'm so sad. I'm actually in love with Rick. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm having sex with Holly. And then she's like, what? She's like, are you kidding me? And he's just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. And then she's like, I'm a pine and he's a spruce. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not. 
Yeah, that's probably how, worse. <laughs> I can see how that'd be difficult for you. Oh, thanks. So then Martha shows up at Spruce Farm and she's like, oh, Dave, your nephew seems super sad. He seemed a lot happier before you screwed everything up for him by making him break up with his girlfriend. And Dave says one of the wildest things in this movie, which is maybe I shouldn't have been so hard on him. Yeah, maybe giving your nephew an ultimatum about a farm it was going a little bit too far. She also comes for him because she's just like, yeah, hey, you spent a long time with a broken heart. That's what you want for him? And he's like, I wouldn't cool. wish that upon anyone. It's the worst. And she's like, little do you know. So then James is like, oh, man, I was too hard on Julie. And he's just like, what? My wife's name is Catherine, audience. She has a name. And she has a Christmas wish. You know, a thing that's normal in English vernacular. A Christmas wish. Not a dying wish, which would make sense. Her Christmas wish was for James and Dave to be friends again. So she made arrangements. Megan, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you love America? (laughs) I gotta tell you, our good old boy Rick does. I would say this is the moment in most Hallmark movies that I call going a step too far. Okay. They've been doing this consistently throughout this film with Rick, though. They're like, the Salvation Army, to the point of threatening a stranger on the streets to donate to the Salvation Army. This doesn't, no, no. And then he's just like, an army man. Sir, I would give my life for yours, essentially. (laughs) This is the step too far. Oh, right, that's right. I'm sorry. This is the first black person or person of color at all that we've seen. A kind black man. I'm sorry. He's a a soldier. Call him a soldier. A kind black soldier walks in saying, I need a Christmas tree, but not too big. I'm seeing my wife for the first time since I was deployed. And, oh, we didn't mention it before, because, again, we didn't think it mattered, but Rick's been trying to sell a tiny Christmas tree, and Rick just goes, I got just the thing for you, and brings it to him, and the guy's like, It's perfect. And Rick goes, It's on the house. And I swear, he did not say thank you for your service, but he might as well have. He said, Welcome home in like a very thank you for your service way. And then the soldier goes, it's not home until I see her. You know, home isn't where you hang your hat. It's where you hang your heart. And Rick's like, oh, I love America almost as much as I love Julie. Let's equate me being away for Julie for 30 minutes. With this man who has been deployed overseas for months. So many. Yeah. The thing is, this is exactly at the point in a Hallmark Lifetime Christmas movie where you get Santa. Yeah, where the Santa shows up. A sad orphan, an old lady, or a, a soldier, soldier shows up and gives you a valuable lesson that's going to turn it around. Two, second point. Third point, skipping your second point. This doesn't turn anything around. No, it doesn't. This changes literally nothing. It's like, wow. He sure got to give that small tree to someone. Sorry, what was your second point? They had every opportunity to name this soldier Shakespeare or Sergeant William or anything. And they had the opportunity to give his one well-placed line as a William Shakespeare quote, but they didn't do either. They had the chance to maybe, just maybe, connect this movie a modicum more to Shakespeare. And they wasted it. Zero out of ten. I'm giving my rating. 
when we learned about the past, when the old guys were friends, they used to do this thing where every year they'd switch off houses and bring a tree and decorate it together. So it's very obvious that what Catherine Pine had planned was to do the tree decorating thing at the spruces. So they're like, oh, we need to bring an eight foot spruce tree to the spruces farm. It's the last delivery of Christmas Eve. So James is like, hey, Julie, I'm sorry. I was mean. And then Dave gets his letter from Holly because Bear gives it to Holly to give to him. And then in the letter, Catherine's just like, Dave, please just forgive James. I picked him. It's my choice. He didn't do anything to you. I summed it up as the feud is bad. Stop doing it. Love dead mom, Catherine. Yeah, basically. And so Dave's like, come on in, James. Set up the tree like Catherine wanted. And then this is like everyone showing up to the tomb, just like Friar Lawrence planned, but like... No one's dead. No one's dead. Um, And then Rick and Julie are like, this was mom's final Christmas wish. It's happened. Again, like that's a thing. And then everyone's like, I'm sorry. I forgive you. Yada, yada, yada. And Dave's like, I will never forgive you, James, for taking my girl. We need to stop this bullshit about using possessive words to describe your relationships with women. This yeah. movie's just like, no, nah, that's just how old guys no, talk. I owned Catherine, and he thought he owned Catherine. But little did we know, God owned Catherine. Because <laughs> she's dead now. Yeah. And then they laugh, and they shake on it, and they make a statue of Juliet in the square, and they let Romeo be buried next to her. And, you know. Anyway, one year later. You missed the best joke. Is the joke Marquez writing his notes? I stopped taking notes because no no one died. The best joke is that Julie is talking to Martha just like, hey, things worked out. And then she's laughing, having a jolly good time. And then Rick comes up to her and goes, Julie, you're missing all of the silent fun we're having at this Christmas tree silently hanging ornaments together in proximity to one another. Would you like to in explain, silence. Would you like to explain the joke? What do you mean? That's what he, he's like, you're missing all the fun when she was laughing and they're silent in the corner. There you go. You explained it. And then Julie turns to her father and goes, it's over, dad. But it's not over because there's an epilogue. Oh, wait, he gets the mistletoe, right? Okay. And he kisses her in yeah, front sure. of their dads. Yeah, and the dads cool, are like, great. yeah, we don't care. They get married on Christmas Eve. Woo. And best twist of the movie, Dave and Martha are holding hands or yeah. something. Like yeah. they have like a moment. Megan, you are right. It is the best twist in the movie. And then they're doing the garter thing on the leg, which is just ridiculous. Because literally the day before this movie, Marquez and I were talking about how bad garters at weddings are. Yeah. And how weird it is. Also, he doesn't take it off with his teeth, so he's not doing tradition. And it's snowing, because Christmas. Also, Mr. Spruce catches the garter, which is just weird. Um, And then it seems like they take each other's last names. Yeah, because they say, Merry Mrs. Christmas, Mrs. Spruce. Merry Christmas, Mr. Pine. And then they tractor hay right away. Well, two things, Megan. Yeah. A, this tractor doesn't have any of the just married things about it. I want it to. I want it to have cans and then a just married sign. That's what I want. Two, I want the snow CGI to not be so bad. So bad. 
it literally is falling all around these people and none of it is falling on their clothes. And everyone gets everything they ever wanted with no losses, just like in Romeo and Juliet. Merry Christmas. That's just I, it. We did I it. I tried really hard to find connections. Do yeah, you think wait. I did decent? Wait. What? You tried really hard to do that? Yeah. I didn't notice nor comment on it the whole time. That's a fucking lie. I did a lot. You did a fine job. Thank of, you. That's my um, job in this podcast. And yeah. I've been slacking lately because it's been easy to know the connections between things we've watched. You don't have to make connections if there are none to be made. No, that's when I really need to. No, that's when you really need to. Not that you really need to. MVP. Martha. Or wait, should we say if this is Martha. a good episode? Yeah, it's Martha. Okay. Martha's MVP. We all knew it. Uh, moving on. Is this a good adaptation? No. no. Bad. Once again, I will state it said Romeo and Juliet romance, not Romeo and Juliet retelling. That's on me. But Megan, it should be. There should be good Christmas adaptations of Shakespeare plays. Yeah, there should be. We just got to make them ourselves. So here's what I think Shakespeare would say if he saw this film. To prison, eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He would, he would say that, Megan. And then you go, ah, snow's really not real in this moving picture. This is so bad, I forgot the moving pictures are new to me. Yep. I'm sorry, listeners. We really don't have much to say about this. It's bad. It's not an adaptation. Don't watch it. It's not even a good Hallmark Christmas film. No, I love Hallmark Christmas I know, that's movies. why I said this isn't a good, this isn't The Christmas Prince. I love them because they're so ridiculous. And this isn't even ridiculous enough no. to merit watching. It's just like, hi, do you want to see these old men that you watch it and you go, oh, God, I feel like they voted for Trump. Both of them. That's how I felt watching it. So I couldn't get into it. And then you're like, ah, Rick probably would too. Ah, Julie might even. Ah, Martha does. She doesn't tell people, though. Megan, what would you rate the Spruces and the Pines slash A Star Cross Christmas? I would rate it one dead mother out of at least five dead people that happen in the play. Dead people that happen? Dead people that happen in the play. I'm sticking with Stake it. Stick by your guns, Megan. They didn't write it well. Why do I have to? <laughs> yep. Marquez, what would you rate the Spruces and the Pines slash A Star Crossed Christmas? I rate this film the one thing that they said Martha Shop is out of the four other things that it is. Everyone, I hope that you have a happier holidays than we had watching this film and talking about it. You deserve that, unless you're a bigot. I gotta make sure our parasocial relationships are on top. I always like, right. have to. Yeah, don't do it if you're a bigot. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on all social media platforms at AvantBardPod. And if you really liked what you heard, you can support us on patreon.com slash avantbardpod. Bloopers for this episode will be put up there next week. But until then, we will see you anon. Avant Bard is created by Matthew James Marquez and Megan Charlow. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash avantbardpod. We would like to thank Riley Allen for the creation of our theme music, Cloverkin for our logo artwork, and everyone in the audience for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about AvantBard, you can visit us on all social media platforms at AvantBardPod.